Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Today, less than 10% of packaging plastics are recycled. The rest is sent to landfills or becomes pollution. Our special guests today are long-term friends who are working together to change that statistic. They are entrepreneurs, environmental advocates, and inventors. Miranda Wang and Jeannie Yao are co-founders of BioSelection, a company that turns unrecyclable plastics into valuable chemicals. Their work with BioSelection has earned them many accolades, including Rolex Award for Enterprise Lariat and the Forbes 30 Under 30. Welcome to the show, Miranda and Jeannie. Miranda, I'll I'll begin with you because you both have such an impressive career and it's very unique that you're both close friends, which I think is probably a great goal to have when you're starting something and, and have similar goals and aspirations. But Miranda, can you start by telling us a little more about your inspiration as co-founder of BioSelection and what is your primary goal? What was the idea that launched this as friends and then as career? Yeah, we founded BioSelection when we were still students in college, and Jeannie and I had met each other when we were still in high school, so we go way back for more than 10 years of working together and being friends with each other, and we first came across a plastic pollution problem and realized that less than 9% of plastics produced annually is actually getting recycled. That's a really shocking statistic for lots of people, and so... Realizing this when we were 15 years old really shaped the way that we decided to pursue our education in college. And then in 2015, when we decided to talk about this problem again, we realized that this was really something we wanted to get back into and do something about. And we really believed in using mission-driven for-profit businesses to create market-driven solutions. What we identified was that there was a gap. Yeah, there's a gap today in the world of recycling and that the reason so little plastic is getting recycled is that we actually lack economical recycling technologies in the world. For most of the packaging that we produce, that packaging usually gets highly contaminated with food or dirt or grease by the time it gets a recycling plant. And it's actually cheaper today to landfill those plastics than it is to recycle it. So we came together and decided there had to be a technology solution that is embedded in a business delivery that allows us to take in plastics that are not recyclable today and use these plastics as a resource so that we can actually build what's now called the circular economy. So this idea came to us quite early, actually, before all of this became headline news. At that time, not many people really cared about this. And when you talk about less than 9% is recycled, that's sort of um, mind-boggling. But here you are, you're young, and there's two of you together, and you have this friendship. Jeannie, can you talk about how working together impacted your friendship? I mean, here you are, you come up with this amazing give-back-to-society idea. I still can't get past the 9% is only recyclable. Mm -hmm. That's that's absolutely mind-boggling. But here you are, two friends, you're young, lots of energy. How has working together impacted your friendship? Yeah, absolutely. So... Miranda and I met in high school. 
School Recycling Club. And ever since then, we've worked on a lot of different projects together, from being co-presidents of the Environment Club to being buddies in the string orchestra and also starting our small online business together to becoming research partners that really kicked off our scientific approach to solving the plastic problem. And what we've noticed all these years is that our skills are very complementary, yet our values are very aligned. So starting a business that is really mission-driven was very obvious to us. We both wanted to use our careers to make social and environmental impact, and we both are very zealous science students and really cared about using technology and science and really learning. So I think our friendship really morphed into a very unique kind partnership. So we kind of play and do work at the same time, really. There's no like work and then, you know, go home and personal life. It's really all together. And it's really cool in a way because we have this really close bond with each other. That's great. And you know, when you talk about a business being mission driven, that's so empowering today for people to hear that. And not only the environmental impact and then the addition to the technology aspect of it. Miranda, how does this business make money by cleaning up the environment of plastic? How did you create that? That's a great question. And honestly, building this business is not a linear process. It was extremely challenging in the beginning because the question's always been for these environmental technologies is who will pay for it? I mean, saving the oceans, like the animals in the sea will not be paying for it. And that's the sad part in that human impact on the environment is disproportionately represented in the price that we pay. So what we do here is we actually work with waste management facilities. We take city waste that has been sorted at these waste management facilities, and they provide to us the different kinds of packaging materials that are compatible with our process. So we accept packaging, plastic bags, bubble wrap, a lot of materials that are used commonly today in e-commerce, shipping, padding, and other kinds of packaging. The waste management facility supplies this material to us because today there are no markets for these plastics. So even if people return them into a recycling bin, these plastics are not actually getting recycled. It doesn't matter which bin they get put into because there are no markets for them downstream. So nobody would actually recycle that. So that's another thing that people don't usually know is that people believe if you put something in a recycling bin, it'll get recycled. Well, think again, because there has to be something economical there for people to actually take those plastics, which are dirtier than the original version of fossil fuel resources, and then for them to make something out of it. Recycling, as it is right now, is actually extremely expensive. So because of those reasons, the plastics that we target don't even have any recycling prospects or markets at the moment. And so we're creating markets for them. So what we do is on this one side, we receive these plastics and we charge waste management companies a fee that's comparable to what they would pay landfill or slightly less. And then on the other hand of the business is we actually have developed this chemical innovation as a technology that takes these plastics and breaks them down chemically. So we make chemical products and we also make advanced materials, but virgin quality advanced materials made from recycled plastics. That products we make are virgin quality. They're the same quality as you would get from using direct new resources, fossil fuel resources to make them. So materials like nylons or polyurethane foams, but the materials that we make have the same quality, but they're made from a recycled source. 
this is the first time in the world anyone's able to do that. And we sell these materials and chemicals. So that's the second part of the business model. Wow, that's amazing. Jeannie, maybe you can talk because I know that Miranda mentioned, you know, how we maybe the average person that's just putting the things in recycling don't realize that some things aren't recyclable. Can you talk to us, just as the average listener today, some ways we can contribute to the cause by helping lower some of the plastic waste? What are some things, if you're driving today to work or you're listening to the 830 in the morning podcast, we could do just as a simple help to this cause? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are various different things that an average consumer could be doing. First of all, putting things that are acceptable in the recycling stream really gives it a chance to go into recycling. When you put something in the trash, it just ends up a lot dirtier and it takes more processing for you to recover that piece of plastic. Even when markets are lacking these days, there are innovations like our technology that's on the rise. And once we have uh, commercial versions of these innovations, then people should be putting as much plastic as possible into the recycling stream. So that's one thing. And secondly, I believe that there are use cases for different plastics. So some plastics that are really single-use, like straws and cutleries, those things can go, right? Those things, you know, if you choose not to use it, you are contributing to solving the plastic problem. If you choose to use compostable substitutes, that could work great. But there are also plastics that protect food from going to food waste, protect medicine and packaging that protect your goods from being damaged during transportation. Those rely on conventional plastics. And I think supporting innovations and learning about the recycling system in your city will allow you to learn more about how to contribute to recycling. And then on the downstream consumer end, there are lots of recycled products on the market today supporting things that are more sustainable, supporting things that are coming from waste is something that consumers can do. Really put their dollars toward where sustainability matters will be a huge contribution as well. Thank you so much. That's, no, that really is very helpful. It's, it's, I think, what a lot of us already knew a lot of it, but you know what? It never hurts for a reminder. And also there's new things that we can learn every day. And I think the key is to look into wherever we are living in, in the area and then also get within that system so that we are helping empower our area. I always close all of my podcasts by asking our listeners and our, the women that are on, Miranda, what would be one piece of advice you would give a young woman or any woman who's listening today who is thinking about a career? Here you are, two friends, and you have established a real wow in giving back to society and also building a great enterprise. I mean, to be Forbes 30 under 30 is a huge accolade to both of you. But what would be the advice for someone that might be listening today Um, If they are thinking, I would love to start a career in something that I have a passion of, and I think I use the word passion because you both have a a real passion, and as a result, it has become a very lucrative growth in in a company and building it. What would be that one thing that you would tell someone that's listening if they wanted to start something? I think that it's very challenging for women to take on roles where they don't have the role model in play. So I think the most important thing for me has always been to work with people who are comfortable with supporting women leadership and also to seek out mentorship for women who have been there and done that. 
or are comfortable around people who are in, already in a position in their career where they do have some sort of control or say over a business or an establishment, and then to get the mentorship that would help to accelerate your career. I think these two things, working with the right people and finding the right people to mentor, these are two really, really important things that have allowed me to do what I do today. That's great. And, and Jeannie, would you like to share your one piece of advice for young women listening? I think particularly in the industry that we're working on, there's a lot of noise and there are lots of people trying to do a lot of different things. But the problem is very complex. It has to do with market and industry beyond just consumer behavior. So for young women out there who are trying to solve very complex social problems, really understanding the problems and talking to various stakeholders. Don't try to reinvent the wheel and be a me too just for the sake of working on this problem, but identify the gap and the root cause of some of these problems and really innovate and think about creative ways to come up with solutions that maybe don't exist or build off of existing solutions to have a much better outcome. That's great. Thank you, Jeannie. And also thank you, Miranda, for joining us today. This has been empowering. And also, if we can all just give a little bit, maybe we can bring that 9% to 99% that we are recycling. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.